Hi, I'm Kizza. And I'm Kidzai. And you're listening to With, With Kizza and Kidzai. Hello! <laughs> Welcome to another episode of With Kizza and Kidzai. With Kizza and Kidzai. We are so happy to be back and to be back in your ears or through your Apple Music, your computers, or through your Alexa, however you you hear us, however you get us, hello and welcome to a brand new episode. Episode, indeed. So, I? I'm going to ask you something I've never asked you before. (laughs) (laughs) Completely, completely, you know, (laughs) know, new information. Spontaneity. How's your week? What 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 what, what insightful, inspiring piece of gem can you share with us this week that you've learned? Any new songs you've learnt? Or any new books you've read? Any plays you've gone to see? Well, How has work been for you? Well, considering it takes me about two months or more to read a book <laughs> or Audible, I'm on the same. Actually, let me not mention them because they're not even paying us. <laughs> exactly. Audible, hello, shout out. Shout out. But um, no, I'm reading the same book that I was on episode one. <laughs> Not finished it yet, but loving it. Yeah. Um, no, the only reason I, I've picked this is because I'm really trying to sit more in my creativity. Okay. And not be so afraid of it and not be so afraid of sharing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually kind of goes with our episode, you know, what's it called? Theme. Yeah. But Yeah, I'm, don't give away the title I'm not just gonna yet. Give, yeah, because I know there's a, there's a, you know. Yeah. But yeah. But, <laughs> not us giving the build up. I know, I know. <laughs> As if they haven't read the description. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a song that I actually, that I wrote called Unapologetically Me. A song you wrote? Yeah, because you did If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, Kudzai is not only an actor extraordinaire, she's a singer-songwriter, producer. I'm not not a producer. Well, well, you produce the theme song. Um, um, She's... She's a writer or... Oh my God, I discovered actually also this week that Kudzai is also an artist. What do you mean? What are you on about? Oh, the birds. <laughs> yeah, I've seen... She paints. Is it painting or drawing? It's, so. a, it's, it's, a it, it's so good. It looks it's like water, paint. <laughs> it's a watercolour. Watercolour. Okay, well, you know. It looked like brush, like paint, pen. Like, it was It was so <laughs> seamless, I couldn't tell whether it was a pencil or a, a, a water paint. You're very sweet. But um, she's an amazing artist as well. So if you're ever in need of some cool cards or, you know... Only birds. I can only draw birds. (laughs) But the colours and the texture and the feathering is actually very detailed and beautiful. Okay, sorry. No, no, I appreciate it. You're guessing me majorly, (laughs) but I really appreciate it. But no, but um, I was feeling a little bit doubtful. I was at work. I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing. And I had tapes to do. I was like, ah. But there was a song that I wrote, and I think... There's a few songwriters that say this. They write songs that they need to hear themselves. Okay. So it's very much so like my therapy. And I think I write words that I need to hear when I'm feeling a little bit discouraged mm-hmm. or I don't know. But it's a song called Unapologetically Me. And Ooh. in that moment, I just did have to... I was. I felt like I was constantly apologising for things I didn't have to. Okay. And I was getting in my own way. So it kind of helped me... I, I know, I listened to myself. <laughs> How is that, listening to yourself? I had to really get used to it. I used mm-hmm. to hate the sound of my own voice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you're really young and then you hear yourself and they tell me, like, do I even sound like that? You just have to get over it, don't you? Oh, wow. So I just had to get over it. Now now I feel like I hear myself how other people hear me, which is fine. Okay, oh, good. Whatever you think of it, you think of it. It's, <laughs> like, it's not up to me. But yeah, so that, that was the thing that... Ins- I, t- I don't want to say I inspired myself, mm-hmm. but I reminded myself of, my, of the words that helped me. 
that you reminded me. yourself of the words that helped you and the song was called unapologetically you unapologetically me, me. Okay. and um, yeah. when do we get the release date on this so other people can be saved and find inspiration with themselves with the words i don't know man don't say I don't, guys i'm saying this on the um i was about to say radio <laughs> on the pod because I just want to ha- hold her to some accountability here otherwise yeah, no, you she and will, she'll never release you her and music people, you know. and also guys out there just to let you know her EP is complete <laughs> complete <laughs> and it's sitting somewhere in the sphere of the my MacBook. laptop <laughs> yeah. and won't be released so now she's just teasing us and taunting us with this I'm not. song Listen. so you need to release up can we Guys, oh, no, can we no, just her. give her like a month? By the end of the month, you have to release a song for us. Can we? Can we hold you to that, or is that too much pressure? What thirty days? Yeah, just give us a release something. It doesn't have to be the unapologetically you mm. song. Me, me. Sorry. <laughs> um, but just something. I can hold you to that. Yeah. Yeah. Thirty seconds, and then then we won't get copyright because do you know how many times I want to just play a little track. I know, and then we feel like I'm gonna get sued. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We can do that. Okay, yeah? Okay, yeah, yeah, guys, so please true. spam us on our social media. Yeah. On Instagram and on your podcast. If there's comments available, please put in could I release the EP. Hashtag, Hashtag could I release the EP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I can do that. Okay, what about you, my friend? What about you? <gasps> what about What's me? it? Oh, that's a big sign. <laughs> Is a it never a sign? <laughs> Um, I haven't got anything, no, nothing. I just, I can only say I went to a friend's house and stayed mm. there a couple of days um, during the weekend because I haven't, and this friend, like, we used to always like have sleepovers when I was much younger, mm. but obviously now we're adults and working lives, she's got children and I'm working, mm. we can't have time to hang out with each other and I just had a free weekend and I just thought, she's like, oh, kids, do you want to come up? And I was like, mm. I'm always saying no, mm. but I was just like, this week I was like, oh, why not? And it just felt really nostalgic. We mm. ate foods that we used to eat from like 20 years ago. Mm. And we went to the same area we used to like trot around in when we were doing our Saturday shopping. That's and um, we just, and then we just sat around her kitchen table talking about the good old days. Because <laughs> the current days is the ghetto. <laughs> um, and we thought the, you know, those days were the ghetto. You know, life just. Different topic gets it. Yeah. <laughs> So I just had a really nostalgic and catching up with a dear, dear friend of mine who I love deeply, who is like family, and just going down memory lane with her. It was so funny. It was like I could see in our faces and in our bodies how we've aged, mm. but our spirits were still from like 20 years ah, ago. Yeah, it was wonderful. So yeah, that's my little sharing. That's nice. Being with friends. Yeah. Having some time yeah. to reflect. Yeah, friends that also are like not in your industry of what you do yeah. for a living and also who kind of knew you from before. way before yeah. so it's like it's a nice comforting familiar safe place mm. to be yeah oh that's lovely mm-hmm. all right so with that now you've got a little bit from us mm-hmm. first 10 minutes um <laughs> today's episode is about drama no too much <laughs> <laughs> Today, episode four, we are going to delve into imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Now, we know you've heard it. You've know, we know you've, many podcasters or many debates have been held about yeah. this topic. It's a huge buzzword, but not a buzzword. It's a serious 
condition. There's a reason. It yeah. isn't conditioned, to be honest. <laughs> it, it, is is a, it is a condition. <laughs> it is a condition. Um, there's a reason why there's been many a podcast and many people, because it's a real situation. Yeah, and today we just want to delve into it and explore from our experiences as actors in London mm-hmm. and in our realm, in our field of work, how imposter syndrome can play and have its way mm-hmm. or not have its way if you're strong enough to overcome which you all or are. it's a con- i don't know i don't know but yeah no you're right you're it's for a constant sure. thing so one Define. defining imposter syndrome for you well but first should we get like I'm, a proper definition of what i've written this down uh, go for it shoot good old oxford dictionary well i don't know if it's oxford dictionary it was google the go- <laughs> But it says, and I quote, mm-hmm. um, imposter syndrome as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud, end quote. Mm. It's real, you know. And feeling it's true. Feeling like a fraud, though. Feeling like a fraud. Would you say that encapsulates it for you as, as, um, an, as an actor, as an artist, as a woman? Yes. Yeah. Doubting my abilities and feeling like a fraud. I think Oxford did really well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it summed it up really well. I think definitely um, imposter syndrome is for me is doubting myself and letting those intrusive thoughts, those insecure thoughts ring really loud in the Mm. forefront of my mind, which then is kind of like a kryptonite. It can be my kryptonite at times for me because it's a battle of overcoming. It's a battle of um trying really hard to question myself if if this thought is real if is it true or is it my mind and my insecurities and the feelings of inadequacies and feeling like a fraudster for many multiple reasons which we'll explore later but um mm. i think definitely yeah doubt just the loud okay for me imposter syndrome is the ridiculously loud voice mm. of intrusive thoughts yes. that bombard my consciousness and my subconsciousness. Oh, that's a lovely, that's a lovely is way it? of putting it. It is. I didn't take too many words in one time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Um, I, mm. I think it's the intrusive thoughts, 100%. Mm. And impo- I mean, to, for you. imposter syndrome for me can be, I think more so in the past, but can be crippling. you know like it can really the way that one gets in their own way is pretty incredible um yeah i i I would say the same for me imposter syndrome is feeling like i'm not good enough Mm -hmm. it's feeling like i don't belong and i think the huge Mm -hmm. thing for me is always feeling like there's somebody else that can be that is better than me Mm -hmm. at this thing that i've been employed to do right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and that gets difficult because those thoughts then inhibit you from a- accessing mm-hmm. that big, big pocket, that big, big square that you have of, of you know, tools and, and so forth. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say it is those, it is those intrusive thoughts. It, 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 almost for me, imposter syndrome becomes a physical thing. Like when I feel like I don't belong somewhere, like my throat just closes up. Oh, and it's wow. that inability to speak, it's that inability to wow. trust mm. my gut mm. and to trust my head, mm. which I think is the, the biggest thing that gets in my way when it comes to imposter syndrome. I, st- I stop trusting myself and my ability. Wow. Yeah. 
Agreed, agreed. Okay, in saying that, mm. what's your biggest memory oh or experience <laughs> of the good old no, IS? IS. <laughs> yeah. IS. That's good. IS. You know what I mean? Hashtag, Hashtag IS. IS. It really is. <laughs> it really is a thing. Mm. My biggest memory yeah. from acting. From acting, yeah. From our world, from acting, yeah. Oh, Jesus, take the wheel. I don't know. So you can't see what now, yeah, but I'm, I'm driving the wheel. Not that I'm Jesus. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm just saying, I'm trying to tell yeah. me Louise. Emily, tell me Louise. Uh, I think probably in the past year, mm-hmm. my as an actor, because mm-hmm. it also happens like in like, you know, jobs when you're not acting mm-hmm. um me being not, not knowing how to use excel that being one <laughs> <laughs> doing spreadsheets i don't know how to do this but um i would say probably the last film job i did last mm-hmm. screen job i did okay i had major imposter syndrome yeah. all along why i think a really big part of it like i was so excited about it I was loving life. I was feeling blessed. I was like, "Wow, the fact that I'm here is incredible." I only I could pray that it go it continues. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was sat. I wasn't even doing. I wasn't even acting at the time. That's the thing that gets me. I wasn't even acting at the time. What do you mean? I was job? sat. I was. I was. I was employed. But yeah. I was sat. Okay. So basically, if you're yeah, in a, okay, yeah. So if you're. Um, in a studio mm-hmm. and you're doing a, a film or a TV show, they sometimes, it's basically a huge warehouse, like a giant warehouse, and they build the set inside. So you open the door and it looks like you're in a house or it looks like you're in a court or it looks like you're wherever you wherever are. Wherever the location is. Yeah. yeah. And then for the rest of the time, you're sat in chairs in yeah. this cold warehouse. <laughs> With a hot water bottle. With a hot water bottle and, and, and hand, hand warmers, warmers because yeah. it's freezing. Mm-hmm. So I was sat in the back and it was like the fourth week waking up at 5am and I was like I'm so blessed I'm so exhausted (laughs) (laughs) and I remember hearing um I I was hearing my fellow actors do a scene and it sounded oh it sounded fire Mm. it sounded so good and I don't Mm. know if it was the exhaustion I don't know if it's like the fact I was I think someone had said to me, like, like uh, I think maybe it was a runner, had said to me, oh, you, I can't believe you're, at the time I was like 26 or whatever, they were like, I can't believe you're 26, you look so young, oh my God, I thought you were like 18. That's a bit of an insecurity for me, right? <laughs> really? God, I wish that was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Can we swap? Because, <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's an insecurity, because by the time I'm 50 and everyone's getting Botox, I won't need it. But Hello, toot toot. Toot toot, the menolin, we thank you. <laughs> Um, but I, I think, so I had been a bit triggered, but I remember hearing them do this scene and it sounded incredible. And then I was thinking of the scene that I had coming and I was a bit nervous about it. And I was like, kids, what are you doing here? Wait, so you heard other actors doing an amazing scene. job. And these are actors I've been watching for a few years, yeah. Okay, so they're well they're established. They're very well established, yeah. And so your scene was following that and then now you're some point that day or something yeah so now all you so basically their scene is now living rent free in your head <laughs> in my heart in your heart so and that yeah, affected you and that going... affected me and i and and i just remember sitting there really feeling like i was having an existential crisis to be honest <laughs> <laughs> 
I could just see your little face in the corner, smiling, but in your head, you're like, oh, that's exactly what it was. Turning. Because everyone's like, oh, because you're so smiley, you're so happy on set all the time. And inside, I felt like bawling my eyes out. Wow. And I just remember being so, it, and it's like the fear overtook me. Mm. And it wasn't because it didn't. It wasn't because I was like, oh my gosh, they're so good, and I'm so bad. It was more like. Am I able to make someone else feel how they've just made me feel? Yes. That was the thing for me. It wasn't like I can't do it or anything. It was it was like I'm so aware that everyone is like, oh my god, did you hear that scene? It sounded so good. And then like me, little old me comes up and they're like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> my arms like, you know. Mm. So for me, I I I I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like I wasn't able to make anybody else feel that way through my art I felt mm. like I was mediocre at best and it was a comparison game and mm. instead of me being inspired by them mm -hmm. the fear crept in mm -hmm. and therefore I felt like I didn't belong don't worry I busted a quick wow. prayer and it went but yeah. and it, 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 it overtook me and then I really I started to feel super panicked thank god they cut for lunch mm. because I remember going into my dressing room or trailer and I called I called one of my best friends and I was like dude I don't what am I doing here mm. what, I like, what am I doing <laughs> that, was the, that was the only question I was crying and I was like wow. she's gonna have to redo my makeup I don't even care I was like what am I doing here if they can make me feel like that by just their voices alone and so I, I wasn't even looking at the screen it was there it was like a radio show yeah and I think that's what that's the fear and I was like, mm -mm, anyway, you are not going to win. And then she talked me through it. And I, I was like, you know what? If anything, I should be learning from them. Yeah. But that's my biggest memory. And then we'll talk about how I overcame that later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was my oh, wow. memory from 2019 or 2020. Whenever that was. What about you? Um, I would say also my last, my last theatre job. I think, I think... The one we're on together? Imposter syndrome every is, job. is every job. Every job. <laughs> <laughs> it's every job, but I think as you grow, it just, it, the beast grows and you have to learn how to tame it. It gets, it depends the project, doesn't Shackle it? Shackle it. Yeah. So how, so basically what, what happened with my situation was the national has always been like... Mm. The national. The national, the... The epitome, the, mm. the, the heaven. The of British all... institution. Yeah, the... wow. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? It's just, I've seen so many plays in that building that have done what you experienced, mm. brought me to tears. Mm. Or inspired. I remember walking home, leaving that place with fire up my ass mm. for being so inspired by seeing a story collectively told beautifully and performers within that um, collaboration do standout work yeah. and so it's always been a dream of mine every time I walk past every time I've gone on an audition every time I'm passing Waterloo Bridge I'm like father god please one day let me go to the big house I even call it the big house yeah I called it the big house and me and my friend Ronke I'm just sorry sorry sis give me a shout out <laughs> um, we call it the, we start I, I said it so much to the point that we now both have an inside joke that the, the, big, the, the house. big house okay. so when I remember when she went she went there first she did um, three sisters and I was oh, like did, sis yeah. not the big house was that mm. the big house and I was like oh my god celebrating for her actually my girl's about to go there again so congratulations to Ronke check it out her new production at the National at some time this year 
when I get more details about it, I'll let you guys oh, know we, we about will, tickets we'll, and stuff. We will give you free promotion yeah. because it needs to be seen. Amen. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so remember, I've got this big reverence for this place mm. and this big insp- inspiring place. attitude yeah. and love for this place. So when um, Miranda Cromwell, our beautiful and wonderful director, Stunning. called and said that she managed to get rockets from the Royal Exchange with the pandemic and everything, moving on to the National, I was like, oh, I was like, what? I was like, that it didn't even actually, no, I'm lying, it didn't land on me. I was like, oh yeah, thank you, amazing. <laughs> Punching me, I was like, yeah, that's great, fantastic. It's only when I came off the phone to her, like a couple of days later, I was like, wait, what? And then, so I was thinking, okay, it's fine, I can do it, I'm ready. Mm. I've, you know, I've been grinding, mm. I can do this. But when my imposter syndrome started bubbling and the came IS up, came. is when they put the poster out the promote the um about of mm. the um of the show. It was my big face in blue, and I just it's like it's just got real. Mm. I was just like I thought yeah I was doing a little play <laughs> at the National Cutesy. Hopefully people come and see it. Be nice, but seeing my face everywhere. It's not even everywhere. Just seeing it just big, blown up like that, yeah? Mm. It terrified me. Mm. I was like, oh, so I really got to act my sister. I've got to really act now. <laughs> so when I get passionate, I get African. I was like, ah, these people really want me to... Eh, yeah, you're the <laughs> And I was like, I was like half so honoured and so privileged and so happy to be a poster girl and at the same time I was like oh my god this comes with responsibility I can't do I'm not that actor I'm not that actor that gets put on um, a, a poster like you dream of it but you don't yeah. think I was like and the, what? the national like I don't know it was just I remember because I was on the poster of another play at Soho and I had the same similar thing but obviously because this is the big house mm. it was ten times and it was everywhere babe so she says it yeah. was everywhere um, so I just felt, so then I felt like I had to do so I've never worked as much I had to do so much I just felt like I had to do so many things to make other people believe that I was good enough to be here so I had to study the world I had to study the play I had to be on time I had to be at rehearsals I had to be any, anyone needed anything of me give myself because I did not want to leave this show or go on this stage not have tried and worked my best and fall short yeah and then my face is on the thing. Oh, it's like ultimate. I felt like my career was going to... If I didn't do something well or do, apply myself, I thought it was going to be the end of me because how can I survive? Like the big house and then be trash. Like I just... So that was the biggest um, imposter syndrome I can recently Moment. encounter. The, yeah, that I had just having... Seeing my face there. It's just. It was just... Oh, I just felt like this, this isn't... You lot are coming to see a phony. I can't do this. <laughs> like, what the hell? Wow. So that was. But my you last. know that it's int- I mean, it's crazy because obviously I was on that project with you, mm-hmm. and I, I did. I was like, look at my my friend on the poster like this, and I think it's interesting when we talk about the people that have put us there, mm-hmm. because someone said to me they were like, imposter syndrome. I think they said you're being rude. I said, what do you mean I'm being rude? Mm. They said to me, you think this director would have got... That's what my friend said to me in the trailer. She said, you think this director would have got you here? Are you saying the director themselves are bad for picking you? Mm. If you don't believe in yourself, are you saying that their judgment is bad? Mm. And I was like, oh, 
No, no, don't let me be rude to the collaborators. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting you say that it's because it's, you know, sometimes imposter syndrome is spurred on by where you are mm. as much as where you are as a person. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So do you think that with the, I think we've kind of said it a little bit, mm-hmm. but do you think it's about comparing yourself to yourself in wicked let me say that better do you think it's about self-judgment or do you experience it when you're comparing your ability to other people um i would say 20 percent self-judgment and 80 percent comparing myself to other people mm. like i said if i've seen other people at the national perform and be so amazing yeah. i'm just like i'm not i can't do that i'm not on their level or I think it's a, it's also just feeling like, I guess, I don't know, many things, many aspects coming to it. One, I wasn't born in England, so this is a new land for me. Even though I've been here for many years, this has not been my born and fully bred. <laughs> I'm yeah. half like raised here. Sure. Also, I suffer with dyslexia and mm. I didn't complete school properly, so... There's a multitude of things that I feel as if why, the reason for why I will fall short or the reason why the next person's better than me, Mm. their English is better, they're more clear and concise and succinct with how they speak, they're eloquent, they're Mm. educated, or they're prettier. I have acne, I suffer, I I used to, I mean, I have acne. I was going to say I used to have acne because you know you're trying to (laughs) manifest. You're free from the, yeah. I have acne and you see another girl who's beautiful and clear-skinned and acts really well and seems so confident and so sure of herself. So you feel as if, oh, and she she reads and she's well-read and she's eloquent. So you think, oh, maybe Mm. you do, by default, by default, you do compare yourself to others, even if you don't want to vocalise it. But it's the truth of it. And, I mean, okay, I'm just going to say, okay, beautiful Clear skinned, don't go in the same thing. I just think you just, she just happened to be clear skinned. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but you about my my impo- my fears, my ne- insecurities don't see that. They just see the pluses. Yeah. Or they see okay. the shininess of someone else, and I just see the negative of myself. And then therefore, I feel as if oh, I'm not good enough. I'll never be as good mm. as her. But over the years, I've learnt to. Um, appreciate that person for their beauty and their strengths Mm. and what I have to force myself to learn is they can be who they are and that's great and the world needs them Mm. but doesn't mean that I'm less than or the world doesn't need me also I think together we are I think that's also one huge thing I is representation when it comes to imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. so what I'm hearing from you Mm -hmm. is that and I did write these down before, so I'm not just spewing them out. <laughs> but it's comparisons such as intellectual, societal, you know, ab- ability, but also time frames. Like, meaning, you, like there's that 17 year old that just booked the ABC show or the mm. your HBO show, and you're thinking, and then you've been grinding for 10 years, and you think, yeah. oh, maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not, not good, good enough. enough. Maybe this is why I haven't bagged that because mm. it's not meant to be for exactly. Me. Or they have something that I will never have, and. Mm. And as well, I think a really huge thing, and I'm going to bring it back. It doesn't make you uncomfortable, but I'm going to bring it. <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to seeing yourself on the poster okay. at the national. 
Because I remember the biggest thing for me, even though I was on the show with you, mm. I remember saying this to somebody and I was like, if I had seen that poster of this beautiful black woman on a big poster of the national when I was 15 years old, do you know the fire that would have put in my belly? Mm. I would have stopped comparing myself or feeling like an imposter at college when I was doing plays in college because everyone around me didn't, I was the only one that looked like me in that mm. in that in that environment i was the only one with a wider nose i was the only one that oh, clearly my nose kept... is wide. <laughs> but the yeah, thing is yeah, but that's the thing we're we're africans and yeah. we look how we look and ideals of beauty are different in every society but yeah. the society we've grown up in mm-hmm. is seeing a very specific type of beauty yes. and for me seeing you on that poster i was like this is actually helping me as an actor step onto the stage because i'm like my sister is the one on that poster. Even mm. if I didn't know you, I remember crying. I was even talking to my mum about it. She was like, your wow. friend looks so pretty. I was like, she does. And she was even saying, she was like, imagine if you had seen another black girl doing this when you were thinking of no doing... Yes. Oh, wow. Because it... Representation. Representation matters. And it eases imposter syndrome in environments where we're the only ones that look like us. Mm. And so I think that... It's incredible that you went through that and you fought through it because that alone was mm. so important for so many people. It was also, adding to that, it was funny because the journey I took to the theatre daily, like when I came down the steps, is the first poster I saw. So I felt like, yeah. I, one time I stopped and I said, God, you're playing with me, innit? <laughs> I started around and I was like, you're playing with me. Like, it was a constant reminder, before I go into that rehearsal room, look at yourself. Amen. Look at yourself, accept yourself. You wanted this, it's mm. come true, rejoice in it. Because before mm. I'll be like looking at, I'll kind of avoid it, I'm like, oh my God. Oh. I know, you would now have to like, take picture, a picture. Oh, yeah. I'll cringe. And it's like, so then I laughed. I was like, God's really having banter with me right now. He's like, you're going to look at this every day until the, to the, mo- to the moment you appreciate yourself and you thankful for what I've done for you or where you've come so far. Mm. And then, then I think that's when. I started growing my wings and my confidence and imposter mm. syndrome was not like crippling me. I was like, no, mm. like, accept I, I accept it. I accept myself and I have, and also it's a thing where, with, and also because it was my face, I was like, mm. you haven't bad to me because you know how I think about my acne. So it's just like, no, here, mm. everyone will see your face. Now, now what do you have to mm. say? Learn to love and accept all of who you are mm. with even, with all the flaws because it makes you, you. Look, you had all the acne, but you're still there. Mm. You have the, all the acne, but your poster's still there. Maybe stop even seeing it as a flaw. Yeah, yeah, it's still... Eventually. We're, we're talking about... if I'm, 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 I'm trying to be as candid it. and yeah, open yeah. and honest as possible. No, but 100%. Yeah. I'll probably regret listen, <laughs> saying all these things when I listen back to the playback, but... I, I, I want to be transparent. I, I want to be honest, you know. A hundred percent, and I think I think that's the thing. Like maybe what we see as our flaws, other people are rejoicing, rejoicing mm. it. And with that, this okay. Bear with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bear with me. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about fruit. 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 For oh, a fr- moment. Okay. fruit. F R U I T. Fruit. Because I think. With imposter syndrome, a lot of it is trying to fit yourself in pre-made boxes. Mm-hmm. And I really don't believe that we're meant to... You, Everyone is different for a reason. And I, I was watching something, and I think uh, this person was recreating, like, 
a peach from a blueberry or like sticking together blueberries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, rah, people and also myself, I'm out here trying to, whether it's someone making me contour my nose, which I now refuse to do because mm-hmm. I will not. Mm-hmm. But I was like, rah, people are out here really trying to make, I don't know, like make me fit in a mold of like, I'm a black actress, therefore I have to do these certain roles or like I'm this mm-hmm. age, therefore I have to, I have to speak in a certain way. And I was like, bro, can you just appreciate that we're different? Like, if you're a blueberry, mm. if the, if our whole lives we've been told, and it's about beauty as well, if we've been told that blueberries are the epitome of beauty, they are the epitome of grace, they have everything that you want to be. And I'm out here when I was born a peach. And you're telling me I can't appreciate my peach. And then I try cut the peach. I try dye the peach. I try cut it into the shape of a blueberry and stuff it in a blueberry-sized pack. Bro, it's always going to taste like a peach. Ooh. Word, yeah. And I'm just like, mm. I think that's the thing as well. When I was saying the song Unapologetically Me, I was tired of constantly trying to cut the peach I was born in to be the size of a blueberry, the color of a blueberry, the ideals of a blueberry. I was like, I'm a peach and I might embrace my peachy self. And that's something that I constantly, I think... And it's actually going to go on to the next question about the skills in which one has to take and, and adopt in order to overcome imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Really giving, saying to myself, I don't have a choice but to embrace my peachy self. Because, yeah. because that's how I'm here. That's how my ancestors got here, you know? Like, yeah. I am the same way that you had to face your picture Mm. On the way, on the way to work, on the way from work, <laughs> me forcing you to take a picture next to your poster <laughs> on the way oh to work, yeah. you know, and yeah, that's what I would say about that. Now that we've said that, do you have any skills or sayings that mm. help you with imposter syndrome? Um, do you have any? <sighs> what do you do? Let us know. <laughs> It's a constant prayer to Almighty Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> to help keep the negative thoughts at bay. It's true. Um, I think many things. I think talking to friends and being open and honest. I remember I have a dear, dear friend, Michael Balligan. Shout out to you. Shout out, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can call this guy and say, and tell him about my breakdowns and like, oh my god, I can't do it. And he will just. He's a. He's a. He's a pillar of wisdom. Mm. and he's a very dear friend of mine so it's not just show business friends it's like brother, brother and sister type vibe yeah. yeah so he always really anchors me a lot um my dad anchors me mm. um sometimes when i say oh my gosh i don't think i could do it my dad's like what do you mean you can't do it what you, <laughs> you just did Kisa, what are you talking about like do you not know like my dad will tell me stories like Kisa, i don't know how you did it you know oh. <laughs> Because my dad um, is nervous talking publicly. Oh, he would really? tell me about his stories when he was younger at school when he had to do, like, I don't know, like, they, they do verse and song, they, they got to do, do a poetry yeah. or a reading. And my dad used to tell me stories how he tried. Because my dad's very intelligent. Mm. But his people and social skills are not top tier. <laughs> so he's like, Kesa, how do you do it? Like, he'll sit, because he, he comes to my press site, he's like, I'm just looking around the room and I'm like looking at you and you're just da 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 da. So now every time I get a job or like my dad helps me a lot of my auditions, so I'll go to him and we'll learn lines or whatever. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm nervous. But like, I'm, Wait, he's I, nervous. I, no, I, I'm sharing with him. Like, nervous. I'm nervous. Oh my god, I'm gonna do it. And he's like, what are you talking about? 
And like, he was just like, oh, he's like, no, he's like, oh, mate, don't come with me with that rubbish. I don't want to hear it. I saw what I saw last show. Like, what are you about? You're nervous. Oh, whatever. And then I'll finish the show and be like, Zin, oh my God, like Zin is my nickname. So he always like cheer me on. So I have my dad, I have my friends. And also, I prayed for this. I prayed for this dream. Mm. And it's finally come true. So then I'll pray to God, please give me the strength to fulfill and complete this Mm. gift that you've given me. I don't want to do your gift a disservice. So I think when I've got the friends and um, and family support, I speak for God and I spiritually get strengthened. Mm. I think those imposter voices, they dim. They get quieter. They Mm. never completely go because they will come in very various shapes and sizes or forms in other ways in, in a passing by conversation mm. um i don't i wouldn't say review because i don't check reviews much but you know a cop someone might make a comment about the show and and then i don't know it affects everything's connected in it so yeah. but i just try to pray talk to my friends and family and also i'm sorry mm. but there's an inner power within me that yes. i have to just check myself sometimes mm. So I've got the strength and the power from God and my friends and family. But also, I know why I do this. Yes. I chose this life. Yes. So I'm just like, Kizza, of course you... Like, you have to... Sometimes you have to be your own cheerleader, you know? Sometimes you should see me in my living room just having a sermon to myself. Like, bigging myself up or inspiring myself. Like, because if I don't, who else will? He's going to. Yeah, so I think the inner voice, the stronger, the powerful voice... That really is in charge. Comes, supersedes yeah, the, the super, imposter exactly. syndrome. Imposter syndrome only has its moments. Yeah. I, I work on it not being constant. Don't allow it to arrest you. Yeah. Because it's no, go away. What you about, know. But what about you? <laughs> it, it's the same, and you know. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Psalm ninety-one. Mm. Psalm ninety-one is what I say. In all aspects of my life, when I'm challenging, when I'm fearful, when I need strength, when I need comfort, when I need protection. Psalm 91, out there, whoever's listening, if you're a believer or not, it just, Google it, listen, it just empowers, it covers you. Nobody can touch you. It it gives me wings, it makes me grow 10 feet tall, and it makes me be reassured that I'm covered by a higher source and a higher power. So therefore I trust. I remember one time before we went on to Mm. Rockets, I think it was a nearing to our ending and I was done. I was in the wings, was just about to go, the curtain's about to go out. And I'm like, I was literally, I think crying a few minutes before in my dressing room thinking I was exhausted. I didn't know if I had anything in me to go and do this show. I think maybe it was a two day show. So it was the second one. And this show was really physically demanding. And I was just, and I, and I literally looked up and I was like, God, I have nothing. I have nothing. And then I just said a few words from Psalm 91. We went on and I don't know what it was, but I was overcome by a higher source, mm. a higher power. Because when I came off after the first couple of scenes, I was like, I was wow. even, my mouth dropped at my own self. Because I was like, how the heck surprised. did I just do that? <laughs> so I feel as if it's spiritual for me. Being um, connected. I don't know how other people work in their realms, in their fields, but I, I, f- I feel like I acting is, is spiritually, yeah. you're telling people's lives, you're honouring lives, and mm. you're, especially with the subject matter we talked about, yeah. I felt like my ancestors were ever-present mm. and were carrying me also in it. And I never even became aware of having this language of ancestry in my work or 
honoring the storytellers that came before me mm. but this job did so now and the next thing I go into I'm no longer going to have these certain fears because I'm enriched by yeah. the, the previous experience sorry I just felt don't like I've just even, gone uh, round have, about the house you, know you haven't gone round about, about the house <laughs> because it's, it's a tool and, and you have to and faith is mm. a huge thing in life and it helps you overcome it mm-hmm. really does and do you know what my my tool set is kind of pretty much exactly the same mm. when i also love psalm 91 yeah. um, i think this is how we bonded over psalm 91 bonded, yeah, we are, it is. <laughs> that's uh, another story that's another story but <laughs> for me I, this is something my do you know what my family is exactly the same every single one of my i mean my brothers are in the art one's an opera singer one's an actor they're both music writers and my parents aren't in the arts but they also, it's the same thing of like, how did you do that? Mm. You know, like, how did you speak in front of all these people? And a lot of the time, they remind me of the things I've done in the past. Oh, wow. And they're like, why are you worrying about this little, little thing? You do, you, you, you know, you did the big, big thing over there, and now you're telling me that mm. you forgot you did that five months ago, or a year ago. And it's so weird how you forget. We forget. We forget yeah. what we're capable because that imposter syndrome voice can be so strong mm. that we forget. And sometimes the words of other people allow us to re, relight that power within ourselves. Mm-hmm. But something that, it was a quote I had never heard of, but I think I was like 16 at the time. And I remember this so well, but I was in the garden at my parents' house and I was crying over something. I don't know what I was crying over. I was, I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even I wasn't even interested at that point I was oh, like okay. I was like I'm not interested in men until I have my my, my career until I have oh my God. this you know that's I, another I, I, was, that's, I was that I was that child but I think I was 18 mm. and I think I had got into drama school at the time I was 19 I don't know but I was really doubting my ability and then my dad it was a starry night in the shires <laughs> Not a starry night in the shires. It was a starry night in the shires. When, can you be clear on the shires, what that means? Because some people out oh, of the UK might the, not know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, actually, because my cousin, he listens to this every episode, bless him. And he's in from, Zim, from oh, Zimbabwe. Shout so, out um, to our Zimbabwe hey, listeners. We love you. Hey, Tanaka, how you doing? We appreciate you. What's his name? <laughs> Tanaka. Tanaka, thank you, Tanaka. <laughs> shout out to you. Shout out. Um, but yeah, but... The, oh, the shires. It's like, in England, you have Hampshire, Berkshire, Hertfordshire. They're basically just places mostly counties? in the... No, the counties. counties, yeah. Mm. Mostly in the countryside, I think. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a lot of it is in the countryside. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um... That's, so you just call them short and say the shires? Just to say the shires, because, you know... There's a shire. The, the shires, just the same stuff happens. Yeah, it's a village somewhere, okay. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, Zimbabwe... What is it? The shires via Zimbabwe. Is <laughs> night the shires and my dad said to me he was like you are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars you belong here i went ah! what say that again he said what you are a child of the universe no less than the trees and the stars mm-hmm. you belong here so i am no less no less than, than the, the trees, trees and the stars that are forever alive and blossoming and, and growing and the stars and I belong here. I belong here. And you know me, I was like, oh my God, Dad, did you just make that up? He was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well-known quote, but that was the first time I had heard of it. And the way when I tell you that I carry this with me, not only because do I carry it as a moment where I was given reassurance mm-hmm. by a loved one, mm-hmm. but really it, I feel like that quote encapsulates 
everything I I believe in that the source for me sometimes you feel like everything is bigger than you sometimes when I have imposter syndrome I feel like life is happening to me mm. you know I feel like everything is happening to me and I have no control and I'm like oh my god mother nature is so beautiful I'll, I'll go on a walk I'll try to calm myself down we're in London so we don't really see the stars that often but <laughs> if you catch one star or two you know it makes you think it's a plane it's a plane <laughs> Or a lamppost far away. But, you know, I, I sometimes, I, I draw inspiration and comfort from God and from the universe. Mm. And sometimes when I feel like things are so much bigger than me, in a way it makes me feel smaller, but it gives me comfort. But what he was telling me in that moment was don't do that. Don't shrink yourself to feel like you belong somewhere. You need to actually see your value in this world. And for me, when I have imposter syndrome, I'm not seeing my value. I'm not seeing that inner power that you were talking about. Mm. So for me, in that moment, to have been told that I'm no less than the trees and the stars, I was like, rah, kids, are, you are here for a reason. And so that is really a way, amongst many things, but that is remembering that I've been put here for a reason allows me to centre myself and for that imposter syndrome voice to be quietened because... Most of the time, it doesn't serve me. 99% of the time, it doesn't serve me. <laughs> and when I say that imposter syndrome helps me, maybe that 1% time, is <laughs> <laughs> because I think having an experiencing imposter syndrome on jobs made me be like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What is it right now that's making you doubt yourself? Is it because you don't believe you're an actor? You don't believe you're an artist? Maybe if you defined yourself as this person who's a storyteller who's a musician who i'm not going to say i'm a painter because i'm not who's a writer if i brand myself as this artist that i think is gonna give me actually give me no choice but to stand strong in my artistry and in my definition of myself so I think actually that those moments of imposter syndrome kind of forced me to define myself as an, an artist. artist. Oh. It makes you, it makes you, it gives you confidence in your mm. work and your ability and who, it gives you identity. There you go. It gives you identity. I think when I started understanding the word artist, because I just usually associated that word with musicians or classically trained mm. um, musicians or um, painters and um, writers even but I never thought my work as an actor was I could label myself as an artist and I think it was when I had a really bad experience on a job Mm. where the director was really challenging to work with for all of us and because I was thinking it can't just be me but all of us because literally as a cast we would all have dinners together and literally cry our eyes out with each other um, about how much of a horrible experience we were all having. And then also the writing and the work, it just never felt like a collaboration. It felt like dictatorship. And it was just, felt being bullied. I've never ever worked and had an experience since like that and I never had one before that. So it was kind of a standout Mm. alone experience. But I remember leaving that job and I had to question myself, how did I come about doing this job and 
what were the red flags so I'm now aware for few like because you know as I said in the previous episodes like I have a problem with saying no because mm. I say yes to everything because I think oh everything is an opportunity to grow every mm. opportunity to be seen and to grow as an actor and be put myself out there but I had to realize the power in saying no and mm. to claim the word no is to protect myself is to make me so therefore how it looked is now I make sure I read the script fully before yeah. I accept or reject I in the meetings with the auditions with the director um, I want to also it's no it's no longer them just interviewing auditioning me I have to also in my heart judge whether I can work with this person spiritually collaboratively like, are their intentions good does, does, does our spirits marry yeah. sorry to sound so <laughs> so um, so strong but um so then so I developed these questionings of to developing these new ways of working questioning stuff because it's such it's a powerful intimate two three months you have with people mm. and you want to make sure that you can collaboratively work well together mm. i guess there's going to be challenging times and that's fine it's good it's it's pulling it's stretching us to grow as um storytellers and actors but if i can sense red flags to be aware of what red flags are to be aware of what what environments I'm putting myself in it's just like not every money is good money not every job is for me mm. not everything I should say yes to 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 take ownership of myself and my business yeah. and that's where I thought oh my gosh I'm an artist because I feel so hurt by this tyrant that we have mm. and I feel so overwhelmed and I feel so precious about my art and at the end of the day it's us that has to go out there and do this body of work so the eyes are on us it's not the director the writer they're not there the director and the writer was one person but it was like they're not there in the brunt of it I have to do this every night something that I'm not passionate about something I've not had an input on something I felt like a puppet and I was just doing marks of where I was told or where to go where to stand and I just felt like why was this so foreign to my body why was this such a pain I was questioning everything and then I think having the cast and us coming together and us trying to cope and talk and direct and direct and talk and dissect, sorry, mm. our experiences made me then grow huge wings for my next thing. So I was like, okay, let, I'm going to take, I take myself super seriously. I take my art. I'm fragile um, because I am my best tool and I have to make sure I'm amongst, I'm, I'm around, I feel safe. Mm. And I think I didn't feel safe with this project. So I think that's when I took on the artistry word. I was just like, oh, I'm not just going up. I can't just go up and, because it's spiritual. Mm. You know, you're, you're bringing these, these, you're telling stories of things that have happened in history or things mm. that have happened in life. You're, giving, you're telling a human experience and I'm human and I want my work to be believable and there's a level of connection that um, an understanding I have to have for my characters so mm. I have to respect them and honour them while I go and tell stories I can't be flippant I can't be I have to be present with my characters I have to be one yeah. and so that's where I decided I started realising oh I'm a, I'm sensitive about my stuff I'm an 
I, I really care. This is not just acting talent. This is a form of art that I'm doing. I'm putting my body through, my mind through, because this job we do, it's not like a nine to five where you can clock, at, clock off at five o'clock. Acting demands all of mm. you. It demands your, your, like, as I said in the last episode, audition comes, shut down everything else, got to figure out how I can, um, how I can get work, get the job done. It demands all of you. That's why sometimes there's sacrifices made, like where you can't go to family events because you're working or you're, um, you're some things that you're sacrificing in relationships or, mm. or raising a family. There's a lot, especially for being a woman, but that's a whole nother, that's, that's a whole episode. other episode. So I hear you, so yeah. It's my art. So do you think that the word, I mean, the way that I'm just like agreeing with you, because like, you know, sometimes you're just like, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I would say that like, because we've claimed the word artist, for us, it, it works to combat imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. There are also, as you were speaking, I was thinking, there are also elements where that word artist has brought doubt to mind. Okay, in what sense? Just because I think sometimes, you know, judgment or expectation Mm. comes from branding yourself such a thing. Because Mm. I think other people then are like, oh, you're calling yourself an artist, are you? You care about the work you do, do you show me? Mm. Yeah, but... It's only very small, it's minute. Yeah. But this, but then, I've only shown it now. This podcast has given an example, but that I don't go and say, "Oh yes, I'm an artist." I don't address myself as that. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a source and a power that I know for In myself. Yourself. It's so basically how that um, manifests is when I get a job, how I I'm on time. Mm. I make sure I've eaten, so I have fuel for the day in rehearsals. I'm respectable and open for everyone else's ideas and mm. space. Um, I collaborate. I'm. Um, I, I I show up with a positive attitude, yes. an attitude of a mindset of growth. Not oh my gosh, are we doing that again? Mm. Or, I don't speak negative over the process, yeah. even when the process of rehearsals can be draining and tiring. I still show up. I show up for myself. I I go home. I learn the line so I can be the best me in the scene tomorrow. So this is how I carry myself as an artist. It's not a label I give myself. It's how I show up for myself. It's how I go about my work. It's how I yeah. Mm, Amen to that. Bringing the word today, my friend. (laughs) Bringing the word today. I mean. That's me done. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm over you. That's me done for the yeah. podcast, personally. Because I feel like we've slayed the beast. Yeah. That is imposter syndrome. It's it's so it's so massive, it's so complex, it's so layered, it's just But yeah. you know the thing with it is that it 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 brings fire in your belly, it keeps propelling you forward, you keep learning and even though you know it's going to prop up, prop, prop up, crop up on every job, mm. it le- to me, I think it gets less and less because I, I those tools help me to be like, uh-uh, it helped me catch it. Mm-hmm. Because I used to not catch it. I used to think that it was me. But I was like, hold on, hold on, this isn't the voice of Kudzai. This is a voice of something that is not serving you in any positive way Mm. so i do feel like you get better at catching it and identifying it and therefore getting rid of it or accepting it and and learning and moving forward from it Mm. so that's one thing for sure 
Oh, using it to your strength. Okay, this is where I fall short. Okay, what can I... Yeah, yeah, agree. What I don't need I to do? add to it. Yeah, but... Yeah. You do, if you want to add, add. No, no, no. <laughs> the people want to go and have their dinners. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks, thanks for sharing, my friend. Yeah. I feel like I learned so much about you with every episode as well. <laughs> I need to stop it's talking. Good. That's what I need no. to do. <laughs> well, um, thanks for being with us again. Yeah. And um, we hope that you enjoyed and that you share, comment. I was about to say subscribe, but download. <laughs> Please comment on where is available on your podcast. So I know Apple and Spotify. No, Spotify, not Apple. I think Apple, just Apple, Apple. you can Apple leave a Apple leaves a yeah, leave a review. And on Spotify, if you give us five stars, that would really help us greatly because it will push us out to new listeners, potential new, potentially new listeners, yeah. sorry. And yeah, please contact us on our um, social media. Instagram is the only social we have at the moment. Mm-hmm. That's with, with Kizza Kudzai. So we, we no missed that and. at the end because <laughs> it was just too long of a, yeah, a tag. <laughs> But um, please, yeah, like us there. Stay, go on our Instagram to find out when we are about to upload and everything, get updates on us. Yeah, what we're up to. We're not really content creators connoisseurs. We try, yeah, but we try. Mad respect to the content creators out there because what? it's hard. Oh, my gosh. That's a different podcast. Even itself. podcasters, like, this is all new and foreign. So this, this is, is another new. expression of ourselves. If you're a podcaster, my hat goes off to you, my friends. Because and if you're a podcaster doing it without a studio and doing it on yourself, mm. well done. Thank you so listening. much, guys. And we're good people. And yes. we'll see you next time. Have a great weekend, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please give us a like and rate us five stars on Apple and Spotify podcasts. You've been listening to With Kizza and Kudzai. I've been your host, Kizza Dean. And I, Kidzai Satima. Shout out to our sound engineer, Masimba Satima. With Kizza and Kudzai theme song was written and produced by Kudzai Satima. Thank, Thank you for, for listening. listening. Bye. Bye.